Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. The world is changing every day. But one thing that doesn't change is current affairs programming. Hi, I'm Peter Oldring. And I'm Pat Kelly. And you're listening to This Is That, the show that brings you stories you won't hear anywhere else. Are you people mad? This gives me great grief. Fake news. The very thought of that offends me. It's a terrible idea. Documentary. Oh, I just love the idea. Come on. Interviews. I just couldn't believe my ears. This is that. Police forces across North America are all facing the same dilemma of how to properly police with ever-diminishing budgets. Well, recently, the Yarmouth Police Service in Nova Scotia, Canada, had their budget cut by almost 50% and had to rethink how they were going to serve their community. Yarmouth Police Chief Gerald Wynne joins us today to tell us a little bit more about how their police force plans on adapting. Chief Wynne, thank you so much for being on the program. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to uh, have the chance to speak to you. So, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your new initiative? How are you planning on on changing policing in Yarmouth? Right. Well, as you touched on in your introduction, uh, our budgets have been slashed, and and what that actually means uh, is that we've had to let go of 50% of our officers. So, So what we have started doing as of the end of September... Uh, is uh, an initiative called the Mannequin Initiative, uh, which is simply using what what your listeners would consider uh, like a department store mannequin strategically placed around Yarmouth in full police uniform. And and those now are part of our our policing force uh, here in Yarmouth. Okay, so just to be clear, you're using uh, actual mannequins. Yes, maybe maybe you can paint the picture for us. What do these mannequins look like, and and what are right. they meant to achieve? Well, they they are uh, actual department store mannequins. The the I'm not sure if if you're familiar with the department store, the Giant Tiger. Yes, yes, I am. They ended up getting rid of somewhere in the vicinity of thirty mannequins, and and so we got these mannequins at a fair price, and now they're. Not all complete, you know, some are missing uh, bits and parts, and some of our mannequins are simply torsos and heads, and so those will just place in park cruisers, you know, and, and some don't have wigs, so we've had to pull the hats down a little lower, but when you put on the, the sunglasses and, and you got the hat on and, and the rest of it, you'd be hard-pressed to tell if it's uh, a real officer or not. Okay, well, why don't you um, give me an example of, of what these mannequins would be doing then? Where, where have you strategically placed them? Well, you know, we've, we've set them up in different places. You know, we've, we've had a couple of mannequins that we simply kind of lean on parking meters, 
uh, in the downtown area, and then people, when they see that, they kind of do a double check, and then they they sort of go, well, I is that a you know is that one of the real guys or is it not? So any, I don't want to risk it. I'll put the money in the meter. But yeah, but you know, do you believe that people are believing that these are actual police officers, or do people know that these are mannequins? Well, it's a bit early to tell uh, entirely how it's it's worked. One of the things, unfortunately, that we have noticed uh, happening is that there's been a bit more uh, vandalism on on mannequins in the town. You know, you get the teens, odd teen, coming up and kind of taking a swipe. Uh, at one of the mannequins, or you know, they'll sort of tug at him and you know try to knock him over. So I, uh, at this point, the good news is we haven't had anyone try to go for the holster. But I guess so. The holster. Yeah, we haven't had anyone try to go at the gun. So you have you you have a holster with a with a firearm on these mannequins. Well, absolutely. You you've got to have the entire uniform complete, or no one's going to think it's an actual. Police, you're not going to see a police officer without cuffs and a flashlight and, and of course, the side piece. So we have these mannequins complete, uh, and it, it does actually mean that we have to have a, a couple of our street officers keeping an eye on the mannequins. Well, if this uh, program continues to work, do you foresee getting more mannequins onto your police force? Well, absolutely. I mean, we, we what we'd like to do is is get rid of some of the uh, some of the youth mannequins. There's about seven complete children's-sized mannequins, uh, but we're having more difficulty with those because they're slightly less intimidating to see a, a fully uniformed three-and-a-half-foot police. Well, I want to thank you for being on the program, uh, Chief Wynn. Uh, this certainly sounds like an innovative idea, and we'll be keeping our eyes on Yarmouth to see if it continues to work for you. Absolutely. Well, we certainly thank you. And I do want to remind you that we are not just a bunch of mannequins here. We do have some of our force uh, that is on foot. So don't try to think you're just dealing with a bunch of dummies here because you're not. When the story you just heard originally aired, we received a lot of feedback. Here's what real people had to say about a town in Nova Scotia using mannequins on their police force. Hi there, I was just listening to your program with regards to the mannequins. Great story. Using mannequins for half their force is fantastic. Great idea. I'm no dummy, but I I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. Save you some money and... If you put a mannequin in a police cruiser, I'd slow down. I mean, who has time to look and see if he's got a pale skin or whatever? I'm a truck driver. I've actually seen that being used in the States. I never did stop to see if they had sidearms on them. I think it's just ridiculous that they're putting real firearms on these dummies instead of just a fake one. Why on earth would you be broadcasting that and sharing it with the general public? It is it is just absolutely stupid. He should be one of the dummies. He shouldn't be having a job being in charge of all these officers. Yeah, I'd like to donate my ex-husband to the Yarmouth Police Department. He's a real dummy. Have a great day. Canadian hypnotist. Karate! Karate! 
That, of course, was the theme song for one of the country's longest-running television programs,、uh, spanning almost three years, starring Canada's most notable hypnotist, Karachi. He is the three-time winner of the Mind Melter Mystic Award of Nevada. He has performed in almost every city in North America, and after being retired for almost 15 years, he has decided to return to the stage. And we are thrilled, absolutely thrilled, that he is joining us in studio today to tell us a little bit more about hypnosis and his life's work. Karachi, welcome to This Is That. Yes, yes. I, I need to thank you for your uh, uh, terribly gracious introduction. I'm terribly flattered. It's a,、oh, it's well, a it's, pleasure to be it's here. It's my pleasure.、Yes. I, I wonder when you hear that song, how,、uh, how does it make you feel? Well, yes, of course. Emotions run back. I, I, I hear that, and、uh, it does pull on the heartstrings. Uh, and also, I, I have to tell you, uh, uh, in the background、uh, of that,、uh, you actually heard a very young Anne Murray. Oh, wow.、Uh, the theme song, yes. So I would like to、uh, give a tip of the hat to Anne. There's, there's so much I want to ask you, but I'll start with the question that's been burning in me for years the name Karachi. Yes. Where does it come from? What, <laughs>、yes. what does it mean? The name Karachi. Yes, I, I get that a lot. It's actually a, a Scandinavian word,、uh, which means chest of drawers. Uh, so, like a, a dresser. Yes.、Uh, and, and of course, obviously, that doesn't have any connection to、uh, myself, the performer Karachi, but I was drawn to that word. I, I had heard it. It conjured up images of, of、uh, a mythic warrior, which is, is、uh, very much the persona, the character that I, I try to bring to my hypnotism. But of course, the actual word means chest of drawers. So. And, and so that's not your real name? No, of course no. not. What's your real name?、Uh, David Wells. Well, I want to ask you so much about.、Uh, and I, I thought for a while, I wonder if I could do that. The amazing David Wells. It doesn't it have the same ring. It just fell a bit flat. No, you know?、yeah. And it's funny to think that actually a、uh, chest of drawers in Scandinavian <laughs> has the power of, of the name that I'm looking for. So it, it, I actually don't sell very well when we're in Norway. Well, there's, there's been so many highlights over the years,、uh, Karachi、oh、memories. I, I wonder,、so、what, for you, what are some career highlights for you? What, what are、right. the most memorable shows that you've ever done? One of the larger illusions that I、uh, really got to enjoy is that I, I hypnotized、uh, the town of Red Deer and I convinced them that they were Edmonton. And so that was a larger illusion that I could only do Amazing.、Uh, on the television show, but that was very successful. I, I'm also reminded.、Uh, I received a very interesting phone call、uh, in the late 80s、uh, from、uh, Gorbachev. Wow.、Uh, who had actually invited me to his family、uh, home outside of St. Petersburg,、uh, where I did a, a private two hour performance. And actually,、uh, I hypnotized him. And for 45 minutes, he believed he was Rod Stewart. And, and even though when he came out of it, he, you know, in, with a translator said, I've ne- I don't even know who Rod Stewart is. And I said, Well, you sung Maggie May, so you, somewhere in your mind, you did know who this was. Well, we, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time、uh, left, but we thought it would be fun.、Uh, I personally have never been hypnotized, and、uh, we thought, you know, that might be <laughs> kind of、sure? a fun thing. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, Are I'm, you sure? I'm sure I've never been hypnotized. And- We thought it might be fun、um, for you to, to、uh, I guess, attempt or, or even successfully、oh, yes. hypnotize me while、uh, on the radio. So,、oh, yes. um, I don't know、All、what、right. you need from us.、Uh, well, I need very little. I need absolute focus. Okay. Is one thing that I need. All right. And、uh, I need to be very careful here, too, because obviously there are people within earshot via the radio, right? So, I need to be careful here. So, I'm、okay. going to direct the focus of my intent, the focus of my power, straight at you, straight in your eyes. 
eyes. I'm going to direct the focus of my power straight at you in my eyes. Look at me. And are we beginning? Yes. Okay. Look at me. I'm looking in your eyes. Look in my eyes. Okay. I want you to look into my eyes. Yes. Look into my eyes. Look into my eyes. How do you feel? How do you feel now? You know, strangely, I feel exactly that. I don't feel different. I don't okay. think. I, it just, might not be I need working. To, I should have said this earlier. I need to make sure that there's no cell phones in the room. So oh, if there's okay. any cell phones, we can, we'll need to make sure that Guys, can we get all the cell phones out of here? Yeah. Um, okay. I look into my eyes. I need you to look into my eyes. Mm-hmm. I want to try to do this here. I want you okay. to look into my eyes. Yep. I'm looking straight into my eyes. Looking straight into my eyes. How do you feel? Very unsettled? Are you unsettled right now? Nah, not really. Uh, uh, also, tablets. I don't know if there's any tablets in here. No, I don't. I did, uh, you know what? Possibility. Shoot. If we, uh, I just want to. Karachi, sure I'm being told tablets we have to wrap phones, things up. So I, I've, even I don't know if there's two-way pages. Yeah. We can't uh, have any of those here because that interferes. Maybe we can Look do this after, but hmm? we have to wrap it up, Karachi. So I want to thank you for being on the program, and I'm sorry we couldn't make this happen, but uh, it certainly has been Looking an honor my, talking I, to you. I, you know, I, you'll need to be careful going home because it's very possible you're hypnotized right now, but it just hasn't manifest into your like you don't know it yet so okay. I, I would ask you to be very careful and to be s- very sort of gentle on yourself Canada's, for the rest of the day Canada's number one hypnotist Karachi thank you again this is that prioritizes stories about people here is one Kelly Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you, nice man. Nice to meet you. Thank you yeah. for, uh, for uh, agreeing to meet us today. Absolutely, man. Welcome. I'm uh, excited that you're uh, coming on for the ride and joining the uh, Screaming Burrito team. So for those who don't know, what's so special about uh, the Screaming Burrito food truck? Well, I think a lot of people would say it's our salsa verde. It's uh, pretty spicy. And then the other thing that's unique about us is that I'm actually the only food truck in L.A. that serves its food on the freeways, actually, while we're driving. Put your money in the basket, and then I will give you your order. One day I was making my way home back down to uh, Hermosa, and I was on the 405 parking lot traffic. I mean, it's L.A., it happens. Guy rolls up on, on the driver's side, gives me a couple toots. I roll down my window, and the guy's like, you know, hey, man, give me two of your polo burritos, make them scream in style, hold the onions, <laughs> which is kind of cool. He obviously knew the truck. Put together the order, we swapped the money out the window, and uh, before I knew it, a new form of business was born. Well, should we uh, get to it? It's almost uh, 11.30. Yeah, man. Listen, exactly. This is time I can be making some sweet, sweet green as well as serving up some of our delicious tamales. Yeah, so we're just pulling on to the 101 right now. Literally, like... Eight lanes of traffic here, hundreds of thousands of cars. Yeah, the way I look at it is there's hundreds and thousands of people that I can potentially sell my delicious SoCal food to. Yeah, walk me through a little bit of the process here. So I'll just sidle up to somebody, and when I do, I'm going to give them a couple toots to let them know I'm open for business. Whoa, okay, watch out here. Sorry, guys, sorry, guys. Let me just, uh, here we go. Roll down your window. Hey, man, how you doing? Good, 
Yeah, you guys want some burritos? We're open for business. Yeah, three polo, dude. All right, that's three chicken. You want them screaming style? No one yet? My name is Officer Kyle Bentley, and I uh, work for the Los Angeles Police Department. Uh, we are well aware of Mr. Uh, Levi's food truck, the screaming burrito. You got any Coke? What? Coca-Cola! No, man, we got Pepsi-Cola! Pepsi? Technically, what he is doing is it's not illegal. It's uh, perfectly legal for a truck of that nature to be on uh, Los Angeles' freeways. But what is illegal is the transfer of not only commercial goods, but also money uh, physically from one vehicle to another while driving on the freeway. So I've just placed the order. It's going to take uh, Roberto and Keith about 90 seconds or so to get that order done. And my customers are holding steady speed right beside us here. Then when these burritos are ready, we'll just hand them over in our delivery basket. But I make sure I get paid first. They got to put- How does that work? How do you exchange the money? This is a little pole that I fashioned with a basket on the end. All I do is lean out the window, I put the basket into their car, hold it on the pole, they put the money in the basket, I get my money, then I deliver them the burritos in the same basket. So here we go. Hey! Hey! The problem with Mr. Levi's business and our ability to apprehend him is that we have to catch him in the act. And he's a very slippery fellow. He'll switch over to the 405 from the 101, or he'll be on his way all the way up to Ventura while we think he's going down to Santa Monica. Uh, having said that, his burritos are very good. I just wish that he would, you know, operate like the other food trucks and, and park in one stationary uh, place so we could all enjoy his delicious food. Thank you for your business! That's pretty much a typical transaction. That actually was pretty safe. As far as you know, Kelly, are you the only one that's doing this? Yeah, man, I'm a bit of a lone wolf out here, you know? Wouldn't surprise me if you see a lot of these other kind of food trucks starting to follow my lead, you know? I mean, it just makes sense. This is the evolution of fast food. Drive-by dining, man. It's the new drive-thru. <laughs> Roll down your window, ladies! Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. You have got to be kidding. That is about the most moronic thing I've ever heard. I have never heard of anything so ridiculous. This is that. Many small towns in North America rely on tourism to bolster revenue for local businesses. Often, smaller communities will introduce clever initiatives to draw visitors, like festivals, quirky attractions, or unique adventures. Well, the town of High Prairie has taken an unorthodox approach to encouraging tourism, and they've actually decided to develop a local accent, complete with a series of phrases that you won't hear anywhere else, unless, of course, you visit. 
Joining me on the line to tell us more about this new initiative is Douglas Dollard, the head of tourism for High Prairie. Hello, Mr. Dollard. Yes, hi. How are you, sir? I'm very, I'm very well. Thank you,、uh, thank you for asking. So, why an accent? Why, why do you think that it's important to develop a, a new accent that is distinctive to your area? Right, right. Well,、uh, a few of us、uh, on town council. Uh, over the course of several meetings,、uh, we're trying to ask ourselves the question: you know, who is sort of doing tourism right in Canada? And and naturally, when we ask that question, our our minds travel to places like the East Coast, like、uh, Newfoundland and、um, uh, the and the whole the East Coast provinces,、uh, as well as Quebec. Uh, those are places where uh, certainly uh, tourists uh, flock in numbers in droves, and the、uh, the one commonality、uh, that we found between all of those locations uh, is uh, the the use of accent. The accent. So, so you're saying that the, those provinces have a, a distinct sound to their, yes, their way of yes, speaking, that, and and that's what attracts tourism. Yes. Well, it's certainly one of the the reasons you would go, because of course, when you hear someone speaking、uh, in an accent, it really reminds you,、uh, I'm not at home. I'm somewhere different. This is a different experience. Okay. So, how are you going about developing an accent for High Prairie then? We've actually engaged、uh, the efforts、uh, of a linguist、uh, in Dallas, Texas,、uh, who's working with us on developing、uh, a very unique sound for High Prairie. Okay, and as well、uh, as some turns of phrase、uh, that we're doing as well.、Uh, so just like they have in in Newfoundland,、um, some of their phrases, you know, the uh,、um, I'll be by. Uh, right. At, look,、uh, I'm trying to remember some of those phrases that we kept brought up in the meeting.、I、stay where you're to, or、uh, yeah, come yeah, where you're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Stay there. Stay.、Yeah. <laughs> stay where you're to, boy. Yeah.、Uh, so, so we're trying to come up with、uh, our own phrases、uh, as well. So, the, so the linguist that we're working with、uh, is also helping us out on some of that. Well, I think the big question then、uh, for you, Mister Dollard,、uh, it certainly、yes. sounds like a big undertaking.、Um, it is. Could, could we hear the accent? It, it, has it <laughs> has the work begun on what the accent will sound like? <laughs> it has, and I I have to tell you, I'm not、uh, I'm not the best person for this. <laughs> I,、uh, you should hear the mayor.、Uh, Who is able to really do this、uh, quite well? But I, I do have.、Oh, hold on, can you please pass over that piece of paper? Yes, with the.、Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So there's a certain、uh, set of rules、uh, that we have.、Uh, there, we don't pronounce our R's.、Uh, we will not be pronouncing our R's.、Uh, and as well, it's an ascending scale,、uh, starting from a low tone to a high tone on every word. So,、um, like if you were to say.、Um, I'm going to High Prairie. Well, there's no R's, and it would start low. I, m, go, to High Prairie. You see, it's hard because this is new. So we're it's the learning curve.、Um, obviously, when you will be doing it, you're going to be saying it a lot faster.、Uh, but here's actually this is a great example. Um, <clears throat> this is a phrase that we have developed, which is "get back." <clears throat> no, 
back at you, fun. And what does Which, that mean? Uh, well, so without the accent, what I'm saying is get back at your front, okay? And and what it's what that's what that means is get back to your business, the business in front of you. Get back at your front. Well, I want to thank you for being on the program, Mr. Dollard. It uh, certainly sounds like a big undertaking, and, and we wish you best of luck and the residents of uh, High Prairie in learning their new accent. Uh, thank you so much, and we're certainly excited for visitors to come and, and hear the new sound in High Prairie. Uh, and and as, we, uh, as we do say up here in the frozen north, uh, nice to see what you're going to do tomorrow. And now, a This Is That documentary. An earworm, or brainworm as it's sometimes called, is a catchy piece of music that continually repeats through a person's mind after it's no longer playing. Oh, you know, I've heard of this before. You get a song stuck in your head, and you'll just have to turn on the radio, play something, and get it out of there. We've all likely shared the experience of having a song literally stuck in our head. So I turn on the radio, crank some ACDC, whatever, nothing. But perhaps nobody knows this better than 57-year-old Brian Corbell. Oh, I remember exactly how it happened. I was sitting right here watching television, and on came this commercial for a pizza place called Papa Brio's Pizza. What would you like on your pizza pie? It's Papa Brio's pizza time. What would you like on your pizza pie? It's Papa Brio's pizza time. What would you like on your pizza pie? Just call our one eight hundred line. What would you like on your pizza pie? It's Papa Brio's pizza time. Mmm, so good the pizza. And then, you know, the show came back on, and then it wasn't until about a week later I was at London Drugs buying my wife's Metamucil. And wham. What would you like on your pizza pie? It's Papa Brio's pizza time. The song just started in my head. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then wham. What would you like on your pizza pie? Started again. And then wham. What would you like on your pizza pie? Started again. You know, and then it just kept going. That was a little over six years ago. And for the past six years, Brian can't recall of a waking moment where he hasn't heard the Papa Brio song playing in his head. Papa Brio's pizza. So, I'm sorry. Is this is this what you're hearing right now? Yeah. This is and it's is that how you hear it, just like it was in the commercial? Exactly like uh, the commercial. I can tell you exactly how long it is too. It's 15.3 seconds long. Yeah. And then it's the time. And so, are you? Is it difficult for you to hold a conversation while that's going on? Sorry. My name is Dr. Bernard Remplin, and I'm a cognitive specialist. Uh, I began seeing Brian almost six years ago now, and uh, in many ways, uh, Brian's a bit of a medical anomaly. According to Dr. Uh, Remplin, there are several key factors as to why this song in particular is stuck in Brian's head. Okay, there we go. So first off, there's an accordion, and uh, just at the tone at which an accordion uh, hits... Uh, it makes it, for some reason, statistically, you're more apt to hear an accordion sound on a loop, on repeat. Also, having an accent, it stands out. 
Uh, certainly on a North American ear, it stands out to hear an Italian sound that's very unique. Then, of course, you hear four times, you hear, what would you like on your pizza pie? What would you like on your pizza pie? And to repeat something more than twice in less than a 15-second period, uh, it actually raises the chances by the power of six that that's going to be something that's going to get stuck in your head. Although we do, you know, have a lot of information about these uh, types of cognitive loops, the one uh, area of study that we really don't have any explanation in Brian's case uh, is the, the cognitive gift that he's received as a result of this song being stuck in his head. Oh, yeah, the gift. Basically, you give me any date throughout history, I can tell you what day of the week it was. Okay, well, we probably got time for just one more date. Does anyone else have a date that they want to test Brian with? July 17th, 1957. Okay, so July 17th, 1957. What do you say, Brian? Wednesday. He's right! Whoa, Wednesday is correct! One more big round of applause for Freaky Brian! Play a song, guys. That's Brian. Despite the unusual cognitive gift that Brian has received from having the song stuck in his head, as well as the local notoriety that it's given him, it's very clear that much of Brian's life has been taken away. My wife, uh, last year, had enough of all of this, and so unfortunately we had to separate. And I can't say that I don't blame her. You know, me moping around the house all the time, just humming the same song, that can't be fun for anybody. People don't realize that hearing an accordion on loop over and over again can can be very irritating. In many ways, it's very difficult for Brian to picture life without the song in his head. And in my opinion, after having lost so much in his life, having this one constant companion in a strange way actually might bring him some comfort. I've been living with this so long now, it's kind of how I self-identify, right? You know, it's my sense of... Holy cow. What? Oh, no, never mind. That was weird. What happened? It stopped for a second, but it's back again. Yeah, never mind. If you guys will excuse me, it's time for lunch. For This Is That, being mindful of what I subject my ears to, I'm Peter Aldrin. Well, that was another episode of This Is That from CBC Podcasts. This show was created and performed by me, Pat Kelly. And by me, Peter Aldring. Production support by Kelly and Kelly. Head of production, Lauren Berkovich. Senior producer and sound designer, Chris Kelly. Additional editing by Max Collins. Special thanks to Mike Belazzo and Chris Straw. Roshni Nair is our digital coordinating producer. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. Tanya Springer is the senior manager of CBC Podcasts, and Arif Nurani is the director. Thanks for listening, and remember, if it's not this, then it must be that. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.